Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to LooTube, a podcast dedicated to highlighting the happenings around our CVLCC community. I had initially started this podcast to highlight and capture our experiences during the coronavirus, but with the recent events, such as the murder of George Floyd and the protesting, rioting, and looting that is going around across the U.S., I think it would be ignorant not to spend some time examining how race and social justice play a role in our community. Today is Tuesday, and as you'll hear on the episode, hashtag Blackout Tuesday. After getting an internet scolding as to not hashtag Black Lives Matter, I went up to read on what today is really about. And it's about pausing and creating content and giving voice to our black brothers and sisters. Coincidentally, I had asked Darby to jump on to share her thoughts and experiences with us. I am here today with Darvi, Darviana Landrum, uh, one of, actually, I'll let her introduce herself. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. Um, hi, I am Darviana Landrum. I'm a student at CVLCC, currently a junior, about to be a senior. <laughs> nice. What do you do at school? Like, what are some of your sports and what do you enjoy Oh, doing? well, I play volleyball. I've been on varsity since freshman year and the same with basketball you recruited me so <laughs> that <laughs> that's true um awesome and how's this whole like covid transition into online learning and um, how's that been going for you honestly it was really tough at first because i started to let my grades um drop after i had surgery and when i came back i just didn't get back on top of things and i don't know whether or not transitioning into online learning had helped but I definitely got my grades back up and I'm back at a 4.0 GPA. I'm still like pushing it. So I wanted to end the year strong. It was it was a weird transition having to work out all the technical difficulties and everything. But I felt like in the end, it was worth it because it helped me get back on top of things. Definitely. And that's awesome that you were able to get back because the surgery was a pretty big surgery, right? Um, yeah. And just how it affected you. So that's awesome that you're able to get back on your feet and you know, it's, it's definitely a hard time and you know, it's just gotten harder with everything that's going on. Um, definitely has Darby as a young black lady, how has everything been going in terms of processing just the last few weeks? Man, this is, I can't say I'm surprised. I can't say I'm disappointed. I can just say that this is so very much expected. We have been speaking about this topic a lot throughout all of my classes. And in whenever they want us to share, they'll go one by one down a list. And when it comes to me, the only thing I have been saying is, out of respect to my teacher and to my classmates, I'd rather keep my opinions to myself. And I've been doing this for a while now because it it just really angers me to have to like think about this and speak about this over and over again. And I've been enduring this since I was a little kid. Like it's it's nothing new at this point, but now is but it's just crazy that now during my generation, during my time growing up, we're going back to having to protest about this. And it's not new, but it's new to me because it's during my time. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things that is unique about CVLCC is this idea of social justice, right? We've had some really awesome 
teachers like Dr. Medina and people that are super have engaged in these conversations since probably you were way younger, right? Like how has that, how has that possibly prepared you to process these things? You know, maybe it hasn't, I'll let you speak on how it's prepared you to act on these things, but how has it prepared you to like think through these things? Honestly, I could say the school was a big help in the fact that our school doesn't really discriminate, even though it's primarily a a Latina, Mexican-based type school. Mm. We still have some different ethnic cultures, ethnicities throughout, like a handful of us. But even then, we're all treated equally. We're all treated the same. We speak about multiple topics on a variety of things. And I can't necessarily say that our te- my teachers have prepared me for this or the curriculum that we have has prepared me for this. I could say that experiences prepared me for this. I was never prepared in the first place. You, you, don't, you don't get prepared mm. for these type of things. But the second you experience it, it's like a whole new, whole new thing, you know. But in the fact of supporting CVLCC, my teachers, my peers, they have done that a lot. Despite some jokes and foul humor, I could say in the end, everyone's got my back. Mm, that's That's awesome. Like when you talk about experiences... Do you mind sharing some of these experiences, you know, to give us a window into your life as a young black lady? Oh, yeah, of course. So there this probably my first experience that I remember was heading to CVLCZ in like elementary. My dad was taking my sister and I and um, he there's a rural crossing on 4th, I believe. And we were going past it. And then once we passed, that's when the um, train like thingies started coming down. Mm. And then a cop had pulled out of a neighborhood and pulled us over. He came up to the window and he said that we had went while the things were still coming down. But from where he was sitting, he wasn't able to see us. And my dad just kept trying to tell him, hey, we're trying to, I'm trying to get my girls to school. Like, it's right up the street. If you could escort me there and I'll drop them off so they're not late. And then, you know, we, you know, we can finish this or whatever. The guy didn't take to it. He, he started being very foul in front of my sister and I. And at this time I was in like, what, like third grade, probably. Mm-hmm. Was I eight years old? I yeah. Think. Eight, eight years old and it was it was it was scary it was crazy because I thought he was gonna pull out a gun or something like it was just mm. so exhilarating in the worst way because I know my parents have never had to speak to me about this but like road trips from like Wisconsin to Boston, Milwaukee, back and forth and going to Chicago. There's been a lot of encounters with cops and policemen and a lot of discrimination that I had to witness. And I think that being my first experience, it was just kind of like he he definitely spoke badly on our name when it came to the court hearing, telling his side when it was completely different than what had actually happened. But 
in the end, we ended up winning that court case. So I guess that's a that's a really big win at the end. And yeah, that's awesome. We came out unharmed, of course. But other experiences, I feel as though they're not the best being stopped because you fit a profile being followed i've been it was so funny because recently i was driving and i was heading to go to um out in east lake you know a more like upbeat a more rich neighborhoods kind of suburban uh-huh. and i'm driving my mom's big black tahoe you know the truck yeah and once i get to a certain part of the neighborhood i'm playing my music so i don't really like pay attention and then this cop is following me the whole way until I get to park. Hmm. And he had no business going into the parking lot where I was going. And then he just slowly drew by as I got out of the car, probably, you know, looking at the license plate, seeing if the car was stolen or anything. You know, like, it's it's, yeah. a, it's a nice truck. But I think that was another experience I had. and And that just made me want to, like break down and cry because i'm like wow this is this is the world i live in it's crazy yeah yeah and i think definitely as we look through it and as we think and process through these times it's i mean one it's so the idea of inequality right is the unfairness of it and you being a high school student and you know just by skin color just by how how things are perceived that you know that that's so unfair how have you learned to like cope with these things because you are a strong like i love your family you know that and like y'all have y'all are strong <laughs> strong um people you know from your dad to your mom to your your sisters and stuff y'all are strong and i love love that how has that <laughs> helped you cope through these things you know honestly i could say that we were always raised to be tough and not take any crap my sisters bullied me when growing up, so I wouldn't be a punk, supposedly. Yeah. And I, I can't necessarily say that helped me cope with these things because I don't think anyone's really able to cope when it comes to stuff like this. Any discrimination, any foul yeah. manners, foul treatments, any physical aspects either. But I could say that my family is always on my side and when it comes to really anything um you just kind of have to like prepare yourself saying like it's crazy because every day it's just kind of like if it if there is an encounter you say okay did I say I love you to everyone did I make sure everyone knows that knows where I am Mm -hmm. they know how I feel I said everything I needed to say Mm -hmm. I love everything in the past am I prepared to die today and that's like just such the real brutal truth. And I shouldn't have to feel that way or have to realize that at 16. I'm 16. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yes, it is. It is crazy. It's just kind of like having that mentality where it's like, all right. So if I do die today, at least I know where my head was at. At least I know I left a good impression and I left a mark behind me. I left an impact. I feel as though my death would cause an impact if it's if if it had to if it came to that ever. But you know, knock on wood, it'll, hopefully it'll never happen or never be that way. Mm. But mm. 
yeah, it's just it's just having to come to terms with it all. It's kind of hard to cope with that. I still haven't learned. Yeah, and and I, I mean, we we're not supposed to at at a young age to to learn that, you know. And I think that's the hardest part about all of this and processing through this. And as your teacher, as your coach, as someone that you know, a friend, it's really it's deeply sobering thinking about these things and you know understanding. I think one of the things that we're looking through in society right now is this idea of, man, how do we have white and other races understand this, right? It's this whole tension, and we talked about this in class, but the idea of Black Lives Matter um, and then, you know, the the other voice of, like, people saying, like, all lives matter and then the whole new analogy of, like, well, not all houses are burning down kind of thing what have you learned to develop yeah. in terms of expectations for your friends who are not black? You know, you, your classmates who are Latino and Latina, like what are those expectations now as this has been brought to the forefront of our society? Mm, expectations. Well, I'd expect them to be a little more cautious of what they say around me. Mm. Um, that that has never been one of their that's never been in their mindset what they don't understand is that they will use foul derogatory terms and I will not say anything and I say and I don't do anything because I don't like to engage in conflict but there will be certain times where they'll 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 ask me these are certain people they're like hey do you think I'm racist <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> And they'll be like, hey, you're mine. No, 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 I'm not. Calm it down just a little bit. And I would say, you know, in the end, I feel like everyone is unconsciously racist in some way, some form. You make jokes, you put other races down. Primarily, you want to focus on the aspect of being black because you feel as though my ghettoness, my blackness, being from the hood is something you want to cherish you something you want to worship but behind closed doors you'll put it down but then in the forefront you'll be like oh their music is popping whoa they're they're great i want to take their style their hairstyles oh my god can i get braids like you no um (laughs) i mean you could but (laughs) that it's just the whole cultural aspect the respect and i think a lot of people don't have that don't carry that and many people think that I'm okay with that because I won't engage in it. But in light of so many recent events, I think I'm just like a lid ready to like pop off at any moment. So if if someone were to say something like that, a racial slur in any way, I will tell them. Hmm. Like just straight up, that's not okay. I'm not okay with it. I may have not said anything before. That doesn't mean I was okay with it. Or if you say it and you apologize to me, what's the point of apologizing when you say it when I'm not around? Mm. Just, yeah. you know, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And, and you know, that's one of the things and we're, we're seeing the a lot of built-up tension just kind of like explode out, right? Whether that's in the form of riots and looting or in the form of, you know, personal blasting on social media platforms and whatnot, you know, what, what's your take on, you know, I guess moving to the more recent, just this past weekend, 
the series of protests, but more so moving into the looting aspect of it. Like, what's your take on all of that as, as that's going down? Well, what I feel is though, well, my take on it is that a lot of us have to realize that if you look at the crowd of people that are there protesting, there's only a handful of blacks, but there's many whites and many of other ethnicities. Then once the looting and rioting started to take place, it was people planted in the crowd that were initiating this that made the police react and shoot back. There have been peaceful pro- peaceful protests and the, the police have still done stuff, but the what I wanted what I want people to understand is that this turns back on the black community because it's supposed to be a protest for black lives. But when you get a bunch of people who just want to be there to be involved in something, when they don't really advocate for your cause, but they want to do it so they look good. And then when they start initiating things, it makes it seem like, oh, a black protest turned violent. This is a stereotype and it makes sense. And that's what people had began to like think. And everyone's like, we understand why you're so angry. No, you don't understand why we're angry. You don't get that part. You don't get that aspect. And that's not us being angry because if we were angry, you'd probably do a lot worse. <laughs> but you that violence burning down stores that's that's not justifiable and a lot of us have tried to stop it but i can say that some blacks have engaged in that and it's that's not advocating for our own but there's no way to justify their actions no not making excuses for them in any way but we have to come to realize that at the end of the day, there's going to be people planted around us who want to prey on our downfall. And that's in a general aspect as well, not just with black lives. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's super mature, right? And I think looking at, I mean, I saw this whole, uh, I was reading on this article about the, like the bricks that were planted. Did you see that? Did yeah, you see, I saw like, that. And, and then there's theories that it was possibly cops or the authorities and there was theories on how it was possibly like white supremacists and stuff like that yeah um that that's wild i don't like i can't even like that takes so much i guess so much forethought into like planning that you know to i don't know it really does um yeah so no i i appreciate that i i think there's there's value in in obviously hearing uh, your voice and all of this. And we talked about this in class and the historical aspect of it. Um, but also one of the things I want to talk about is today is hashtag blackout Tuesday, right? Mm, yeah. What's your, what's your take on that? What's uh what's the, I guess for those people that don't know, it's supposed to be a day where social media platforms are blacking out so that, so that the voices of, our black brothers and sisters will be able to be brought out more in the forefront of these discussions. Um, I made the mistake today of hashtagging black lives matter. And I got angry posts or like responses of like, don't do that because now you're silencing (laughs) and I get it. It was a little embarrassing for myself to be honest. And I took it down for a second, 
but yeah what are your thoughts what are your thoughts of all of that honestly when when i heard i heard about this last night Hmm. and so originally the whole thing we were supposed to do was, was completely like people just kept like putting out you know different things that we should do but i didn't think anyone would really take to it then blackout tuesday see now in my head i understand the movement that we're trying to do by posting just blank black pictures and hashtagging blackout tuesday but not hashtagging black lives matter because otherwise we wouldn't be able to upkeep with the things that are going on we wouldn't be able to see the protests the foul treatment you know we wouldn't be able to see our news but what i don't necessarily get is okay we're we're posting these things there are going to be there are going to be people who see this but at the end of the day how many movements and protests have we done we've posted things on social media before even with the hashtag black lives matter we've still came in unity we've still posted the same things we still spoke about the same things so putting a black picture up for what I feel as though that's just to show who which side we're on. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of people that put that black picture, even if they're not on our side. Mm. So at the end of the day, it's just to show unity. But over a social platform, you really don't know who's unified. That's true. Yeah, that, that that's a really good point. I had not even thought about that. And I appreciate your take on that. That's uh it's when we talk about solidarity, right? And we talk about um, allyship. I think we talked about this in class a little bit, but this idea of uh, Dr. Patina Love sharing, hey, we don't need more allies. We need more co-conspirators. How, because a majority of the people listening to this podcast won't be black. Uh, our community is mostly Mexican or Mexican descent, right? So like how um, how do we be more in solidarity how do we let our actions be more than just a post on our instagram or social media like how do we do that to to support this movement and just the greater movement of bringing equality to our society Mm. to be honest i don't necessarily have the answers to that but i do have an opinion Mm. Um, I could say that there's really nothing you could do to show, you know, to build that solidarity, really, because people can go out and protest. But at the end of the day, you don't know the mentality behind why they're protesting. And these protests do turn violent at the end of the day. So I would never ask anyone to go out there and risk their lives. Mm. But we can post things, we could talk about things, we could give our opinions, but someone's going to say the wrong thing at some point. Someone's going to slip up. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I just feel as though if it came down to it, if your opinion like just 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 to be truthful about how you really feel, what you really think about it, what you feel like you could do with your power, like with your with your white privilege as well like whites you have white privilege use that to our advantage if you really advocate for us 
not saying to speak for us because that's the last thing we want y'all to do you know but to to use your power to get our voice out there to make others listen but if they're ignorant you know if they're ignorant then you know ignorance is bliss but um at the end of the day there's nothing you can really do to make someone listen that's awesome i guess we'll kind of like wrap up with the question of you know as someone who has a bright future i know you're gonna have a bright future um one you've been raised correctly but two you've been doing everything you know everything and more uh you know where, where do you see your place in all of this like what do you expect for your future i'm not and i'm not just talking about the race aspect of it because that that's a part of who you are and you know but really like what what do you plan to do with your future what do i plan to do with my future well when it comes to that aspect of things I feel like with my future, I just plan to succeed in the end. I have my mindset on what it is that I want to do, where I want to go, whether that's far-fetched or not. I'm not trying to go out of San Diego, though. So, <laughs> um, but Good. stay. Yep, stay close. <laughs> um, but I, for my future, I see myself continuing with my volleyball career, whether that means professionally or even just taking time out on my own to like go to open gyms and stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm studying to be an athletic trainer. I want to soon be a coach and I can fall back on something else. But for my future, I just see me succeeding and rising to the top, not for just myself, but for everyone who wasn't able to. Hmm. That's beautifully said. And, you know, I just want to shout you out, Darby, because you've been such a, awesome presence in my life in the presence of our school i actually do remember i don't know if you remember this but your freshman year i went to the well, you wouldn't have remembered me because you i wasn't your teacher but your freshman year you had the identity speech for dr medina's class oh yeah um and man i remember going to that and there's a few of you that i remember your speeches and one, I knew who your sister was, yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of an unfair advantage for me knowing who you were. But, you know, and you cut showing up to the high school volleyball games when you're in middle school. So I was like, man, who is that person right there? Um, but, you know, from that moment, I realized how special you are and your voice and your unique ability to share not just what's on your mind, but in a mature way and in a thought out way. Um, in that sense, a big part of it is your parents and, you know, how they've taught you, but also a big part of it is in your go get it attitude and just like, man, I love that. I love that. And I hope that I want you to know I'm always on your side. I think you know that already. Um, but I want you to know that like, man, I love you. And despite all of these things that are going on, um, your community and I have your back always and, you know, just want to let you know that. So. Thank you so much. You know, I have so much love for you. You've been there for me since the beginning. Like my whole high school career and you're going to be there to end it with me as long as as well as everyone else and I have so much respect for you all. Thank you.
Thanks, Darby. So, hey, I obviously will keep talking about this. It's not something that's just going away. This podcast doesn't make everything go away, but I just wanted people to hear from you um, and hear from a, um, a black voice that, you know, what you're going through, what you've gone through. And, and thanks for being so open and honest and sharing with us today. Of course. <laughs> so thanks, Darby. Uh, that concludes our podcast for today. And uh, we hope that we're actually going to hear from tomorrow some people that did go to the protest, some students that went to the protest. And so we'll see you all tomorrow. Bye. It's definitely humbling and sobering knowing that our students, our high school, middle school, and elementary school students need to think and process through these things at such a young age. I think in part that's what this movement's about about giving our younger ones, our younger generation, a safer space to grow up in and an opportunity to grow into themselves and to pursue their dreams freely and without fear. I hope this episode encourages you to spend some time talking to our black brothers and sisters. That it's not about knowing or understanding, but really sometimes, like Darby said, it's about listening. And I hope that we take some time to stop speaking and like what this Blackout Tuesday is about, Let's just listen to their voices. Thanks for tuning into Bluetube. We'll see you tomorrow. So this is what you get, I gotta let you go Never take someone for granted for some fake love I was the one that had your back when you were giving up But you ain't never show respect, you wonder why they leave I couldn't talk to anyone, you barely let me breathe You ain't know I really love you, I 